Hello, dear listeners. It's Pleasant. I created with my darling Rita Stevens, uh, who is our community leader in Thrive and in Lola, we created the seasonal soulful self-care guide for you. So what it is, is essentially some questions and some key areas for you to think about and consider and write down and map out for your own life each season. So go ahead and jump on the website, littleom.com, L-I-L-O-M-M.com, and pick up your copy of your seasonal soulful self-care guide uh, and enjoy. I can't wait to hear what practices and what rhythms and routines you set in your own life this season. Welcome to the Soulful Self-Care Sessions. It's pleasant and I'm here today, finally, after months and months and months with my dear friend, Rachel Rosenthal. Say hi, Rach. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. So many of you DC mamas and Maryland mamas know Rach because she is our local um, stylist slash designer, organizer, speaker, mama extraordinaire. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> and, and many Virginia of you people. and Virginia. Yeah. I don't I don't know who listens don't to wanna, from Virginia, oh. but I'm sure I'm sure there are some. There are some. There are. There's lots in Thrive too. So, you know, in my mind, because you live in Bethesda, like this this right. crew would be very the little ohm crew would be very familiar with your work. So tell me yes. what you do and more importantly, why you do it. Okay. So I went to law school. I was a lawyer and then I decided I was not fulfilling. I wasn't feeling fulfilled myself. And so was there something that I could do to give back, to feel more whole about myself? And I found professional organizing. So a little over 10 years ago, I decided I'm going to go in and help people with their clutter. And uh, the reason I do that and the reason I decided to switch careers is because I had a skill that I realized was... um, beneficial and helpful to other people. And it fulfilled me being able to help people in this way. And so I initially just started out with going into people's homes, helping them physically clear their clutter, uh, to help design a new closet, a new pantry, their space. And that has been transformative. And now I'm working with people on their emails, on their emotional um, well-being, because I think it is all related to one another. So I'm a true believer in that the physical clutter creates emotional clutter, and that's why I help people because I have a skill that I'm able to help people with, um, mm-hmm. you know, that some people don't have naturally, or some people just need help with, you know, on a daily basis for themselves what? and their family. Totally. What kind of like resistance or t- I I'm so interested in this connection because I'm obsessed with psychology and well-being. And um, Ayurveda is the science of subtraction. So mm-hmm. we're very much aligned as well. It's an art and science of subtraction with this, how our physical clutter and our stuff uh, contributes to our distractions, overwhelm, and the um, paralyze, 
of choices and decision making mm -hmm. that a lot of people are living in fight, flight, or freeze um, because there's just too much stuff. So what do yeah. you see with that connection, emotional well-being and clutter? So I think it goes hand in hand, just like you described. Um, so if you have too much stuff, let's say you're getting ready in the morning and there are a hundred choices for you to look at, uh, and all you want is a black pair of pants and you have 15 black pair of pants, that's creating, looking at that stuff. Oh my gosh, I have so much choice and I don't know what to do. So you're paralyzed at that point sometimes, or people think, look at it and they like, I don't have enough to wear, or they feel guilty about the 15 pairs of pants because each one of them was $50 or a hundred dollars. And so they're actually not wearing that. And so that physical clutter is actually creating that mental clutter in their mind. Oh my gosh, I should be wearing it. I paid this much for it. Or, oh my gosh, my aunt Sally bought me that, you know, jacket, but I don't wear it. But I actually, every time I look at it, you might not think about it consciously, but subconsciously it's affecting you. That physical stuff is creating that mental clutter. Or, you know, I have to clean up and I have to spend so much time cleaning up toys that my kids don't even play with, but it's in the same bin. So I have to move it around the way because I have to get mm -hmm. to the stuff that actually needs to be and wants to be played with. We have so much choice now, as I'm just talking about Americans with you know, were sales. You can buy something for $5.99. You can buy five of them for $5.99. And then you've got five things. Are you really using those five things? It, probably not. And that's when we find in someone's house, it just becomes clutter. And that physical clutter then creates emotional clutter. That can be with food. That can be in your kitchen. I'm trying to do a diet, you know, but there's, uh, you know, so much potato chips or whatever it is in my sight and my vision. So I'm looking at that and that is creating my, it, it's impacting your mental health in some way, you know, in every single area of your life and of your home physically, clutter can impact your, your well-being emotionally, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Um, getting out the door in the morning, you know, shifting things around, not having a routine or a schedule, you know, that you can first at least have a, a starting point really impacts people. You know, they feel rushed, they feel stressed, and we're all so stressed overworked, you know, kids on top of that, pets, anything else, all impacts us. And so organization, I think a lot of people think of it as, oh, I mean, you're going to make me throw things out that are sentimental. You're going to make me, um, you know, mm. just or line things up in, you know, color-coded bins. It's going to be this hard process, but that's actually not the point of organization. I want organization to be something that is a part of your life and a way of your life. So it's not just this one-time event. It actually is a part and a way of life. Um, and it doesn't mean living minimalistically. I mean, I don't, you know, teach that. Um, you know, I just think you should be living with the things that actually make you feel good uh, in, around, um, that you love and have sentimental value for you. Because if not, it is creating that emotional clutter in your life. Yeah, we, and I get, was that a year ago that Courtney Carver was here from Be More With Less now? Yeah, ago? maybe a little, maybe yeah. even more than that. Yeah. So we were both there. And one of the things that came up was how to savor sentimental items or things mm -hmm. that really matter to you. Do you remember anything from that talk or from that discussion that really stuck with you or that you were already teaching to your clients that kind yeah. of want people to hear? I think a lot of people have emotional attachment to things that they don't even realize they have emotional attachment to. She talked a lot about clothing um, mm -hmm. and how she's gone down to her wardrobe and, you know, what she uses and, and how she wears things and pairs it with different things and only allows a certain amount of clothing for this. Um, I can't remember exactly what she called it, but her routine now of, mm -hmm. of going through the seasons and only impacting things. It's, it's so true that you have a favorite pair of jeans and you are going to go to that 
pair of jeans over the other 17 yep. pair of jeans that you have because it makes you feel good about putting it on. And so I want people and I teach people, think about the stuff that you actually love and wear. And there's a reason you're not wearing that other stuff. And looking at it always impacts you, no matter how often you think it doesn't. It really does. You go into a car, I have nothing to wear, but yet you have 15 pairs of jeans sitting there. You're not going to those things because maybe your body looks different than you when you purchased it, or um, you've gained weight, or you paid so much money for it, but you're still going to hold on to it because you paid so much money. Let it go. you know. And that's not to throw it away. You can donate it. You can consign it. There are other things give it to someone. There are so many other ways of letting go that it is not just, I'm throwing it in a way mm-hmm. and it feels like trash. Um, yeah. Yeah. So at the, that layer, this is how the work that you do and the work that I do goes so hand in hand because mm-hmm. so the exam, one of the examples that Courtney talked about too, was how we feel when we look in the closet at the thing that's so expensive that we bought and still has the tags on. Yeah. Or the thing that used to fit us pre-kids, blah, 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 the stuff that doesn't fit us now that then we go in there and we feel bad. So what I work on and teach people is how to deal with those emotions, right? Mm -hmm. How to, how to feel the feelings, how to process them in Ayurveda. We talk about digesting them, digesting emotions. What are the tools that we need to actually be present and handle what comes up? Because the alternative is what happens. And I'd love to hear, I'm sure you have tons of examples of this. When that emotion comes up, people usually, again, either fight, flight, or freeze. Yes. yes. Um, and, and that's the numbing out and the buffering. And then the addiction to buying more. More, more. It's always more. People always say, I need bigger, I need better. You mm-hmm. know, and I'm, because I'll work with people in, you know, square to, you know, 500 square foot apartments, studio apartments, all the way up onto, you know, 20,000 plus square homes. Everyone always says, I need more. I need more because I need to store things. Well, why yeah. are you storing things? Why are you yeah. getting the storage unit? It is not always about more. It is about quality, what makes you feel good. Um, the whole thing that you were just talking about of um, those feeling, those emotions, this is why I do it with people because it is a lot harder to do it on your own. And not everyone needs a professional organizer. They have a spouse, they have a friend, but someone who does not have emotional attachment and people will laugh at me and say, I don't have emotional attachments to my clothing or my paper or, you know, the toy. Yes, everything is, and it might be less, you know, with each different thing, but there's an emotional attachment to everything. So being able to walk through that with someone is very valuable. I mean, Mm -hmm. I can't do my own, I do this for a living on a daily basis. I can't do my own closet for myself. You know, I've had twins. I've, you know, there's thing I do this every day. Why shouldn't I, be? I? I'm probably more ruthless than most people. However, I still need someone there to walk me through. Does it, how does it make you feel? It, it is an, I should have gone to, you know, become a psychologist as well, as I say, instead of going to law school in the beginning, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's emotional. It's mm-hmm. very emotional and no one wants to do it. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, people call me and they, at that point, they're usually ready to do something, whether mm-hmm. whatever room, whatever space. However, it does take a lot of emotional buildup and it usually gets to the point of, I can't procrastinate doing it anymore, or I just, it's getting so bad and it's so out of control. You feel yourself, your stress level is rising. You look at your, you know, bills, whatever it is, you get to a point and it's like, okay, I've gotten to that point. I'm actually reaching out for help. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about someone in our community who had two kids. I think she has a five-year-old and now a 18 month old. Mm. And I've heard her for a few years um, talk about 
the desire to declutter, but it's, it's the overwhelm. And yes. now with the, having the second kid after, and they both work full time and they have a small, smallish home that like, she's just so, um, suffocated by the stuff and mm -hmm. feels totally overwhelmed by even starting. So what do we, how do we help her? Like, how can we do something to help someone who's just like, I can't, I, I, it's so overwhelming. Yeah. Well, she's not alone. I just want to say yeah. that because that happens. I mean, that's the reason why people call me and, and, and there's people who don't obviously call me and who yeah. are suffering just the same. Um, it's very common because of tons of different reasons, but I would say you have to start small. This is not a, I'm going to organize my whole house in a weekend. You know, we just have a holiday weekend. I'm going to organize my, my whole house in a day. Mm -hmm. It is starting small and writing it down, no matter how you write it down, whether it's on a computer or on a physical list, writing down the areas that you want to get organized. And that might be even just the playroom. Mm -hmm. So let's start in the playroom. And we're going to say, we're going to start in one corner and you're going to give yourself a time limit. And that time limit, I would say, and I know this is going to sound ridiculous, is 20 minutes to mm -hmm. begin with. Mm -hmm. Because at the end, start in a corner or start with something that is easy to you. So whether it's getting all the toys that need to be in the playroom, in the playroom, great, and going through them. Because at the end of that, you're going to have things that are trash, completely broken, things that you want to donate, things that can go to a cousin, a, a family member, someone else, things that maybe have value still. And then there's going to be things that don't necessarily belong in that space, but maybe she's going to have a third child, for example, and she wants to save them. So trying to figure out the best way to store them. Mm -hmm. And it's being conscious with all of those decisions, which is the hardest part of, I'm not just going to throw it in a bin because we, you know, this woman doesn't sound like she has the space. So it's, it's being creative about storing it, but being conscious about what you're putting away mm -hmm. in those areas, what you're keeping, you know, she's got two kids. Maybe they both, the five-year-old has grown out of something and the 18 month old can, you know, still use it, but it's conscious about this decision starting small. If you can have someone there, absolutely try to have someone there. Um, put on music, yeah. Think of it not as like a chore, you know, open the door, uh, open the windows, you know, maybe not in the winter right now. Aromatherapy, my essential oil, yes, something. this is the yes, feel good anything. stuff. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I yeah. think it's, it's trying to look at it as not such a chore, which I know that sounds ridiculous and it will feel like a chore that first time, but the benefits I think will overcome power that and you will want to continue. Hopefully she'll want to continue into a different area because she's going to feel lighter yeah. and that's emotionally yeah. lighter, physically lighter. I can't, you know, have her drop weight if she wants to do that, but the, the stuff will, getting that yeah. stuff out will feel, feel lighter for her. Um, give her, give her yourself a reward after doing it. And I yeah. know that sounds, whatever your reward is, food, exercise class, a walk around the block, you know, um, the money that you get from donation, go and buy something that you actually love and want to keep in that space. You know, there's so many different ways, but trying not to think of it as just such a chore, which I know is very hard to do, especially when you're starting and it feels so overwhelming um, and you've procrastinated, you know, and pushed it off. In Thrive, we teach um, any of these habits forming, which is, this is a habit because like you yes. said, and like, I believe this is part of your lifestyle. I look at it as a commitment to like my love for my family, making sure that stuff's coming out and moving in, making sure that there's energy exchange because I practice and teach and love energy movement and exchange and believe that's mm -hmm. really important for health and vitality. So I look at it as my sacred practice, as, song, as, as part of 
how I consider our home as a Sangha, which is a community mm-hmm. of like-minded people, right? So that's, that's like, I look at it through a sacred devotional lens and it helps bring so much more joy and compassion and feeling good because if yes. it's sacred, then that is, then I am putting the music on. I am doing the candles. I am. And that yeah. just takes time. One of the things that we say in Thrive is to experiment with the habit change, right? So experiment, mm-hmm. just like you said, small chunks of time, make it really joyful. And the other piece I think would be so fascinating is to, because a lot of the women, I'm really encouraging them to have a journaling practice that's really mm. deep is do an experiment where you do, especially if you feel underwater right now, you feel so cluttered and you don't know how to get out, do that 20 minutes, like follow all of Rachel's tips and then sit down and journal after and see how you feel. Because we we know from the brain science is the more that we are kind of proving the evidence in our own life, the more likely we are to do it. And the more we're experiencing that in ourselves. So if we can get that pen to paper and start imprinting that in our brain, that this is sacred or this is fun and we don't see it. It's all how we see it. You can either yes. see it as a tool yes. or you can see it as a gift to your family and your life and your children um, and your energy and your space. Even if you don't have children, there's plenty of people who are in Thrive who don't have children, but a gift to your space. And so I think, again, it's about that lens. What do we do now? So we're recording in December. We just finished mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. It's a busy season. People may listen to this not when it's the holidays. So let's think about other busy seasons, sort of mm-hmm. that spring rush, like after lunch, yep. where there tends to be a busy and then September, fall. So mm-hmm. what do we do in busy seasons when things tend to get really cluttered or things are coming in? Yes. Okay. Good point. Because I think you have to schedule it. And I know yeah. that no one wants to schedule Woo-hoo! a doctor's appointment or <laughs> anything like that. You have to schedule it. And so- again, looking at it perspective wise, schedule it at a time that you are going to keep. And it's just like going to the doctor. I always say you're going to feel a lot better when you're done, um, hopefully. So schedule it. You talked about people with families. I think bringing your family into it is a key point so that it is not just you as the you know, mother, caregiver, whatever it is um, doing this, because then you will resent it. And you're like, oh, my kids have too much. I'm doing this for them instead of with them. So again, everyone knows their children and their capabilities. One child is not the same, even if they're, you know, six and the other one's six, everyone knows their child best. So think about how your child can help contribute to the process. We are around the holidays. And again, even into the new year, spring is a great time. Also before school um, starts, all these things are great times for cleansing and re- focusing and shifting, you know, whatever is going in and out. So tons of stuff are coming in. I always make to like to make it a game. So what can we bring out? Because all the new shiny stuff is going to come in over the holidays and the stuff that isn't played with now or barely touched is going to go to the graveyard as, as far as I'm concerned. So making room for the new things, again, make it age appropriate. Can the kid, uh, can your child, does they, do they love blue? Can you give them, um, something, blue to use to contain their, you know, favorite toy or whatever it is. Talk to them about the system, how they're best going to use it, concentrate on their favorite toy or whatever it is. I'm talking a lot about toys, but same things go with clothing, anything in the pantry, all these things. We have a great time now for donation. So make it a a whole thing about who can we donate to? What would they want? Even if it's just a a friend or a neighbor or a, a smaller cousin and or something greater than that libraries, tons with books, you know, you're a big reader now, that book can go to the library or someone who could use it better. All these things that are not, that are taking up space in your own house um, can be, you know, 
translate it into a bigger project for the family. Um, you know, go out for lunch afterwards, have a picnic lunch, have a lunch around, you know, just a donation drop off. I think it's just something where it makes it then become part of the process for you guys. Oh, every spring we do this every time, you know, my kid's birthday's in January, every time before their birthday, this is a time that we do it because we know stuff is going to come in. And I mean, we're now gifting more experiences, for example, yeah. because that's a great thing. Um, you can't control obviously what other people do, but think about other ways to gift whatever you want to gift your love, your, uh, all these types of things. Um, because again, the physical, it's the physical that really builds um, in people's homes, I've seen. Yeah, okay, so let's talk about the tough conversations that might need to be had with mm -hmm. family members around physical gifts or um, sentimental items. So a lot of the times, you know, we'll say, my, uh, I'll use my parents, for example, <laughs> um, we'll say, and it's not that we don't have things in our house and I have to declutter still to this day. You know, yeah. this is an ongoing it's energy. process. You always yeah, will. Yeah, right, right, always right, right. Want. Yeah. Um, and so, and it's not that I don't buy things. Um, so I think, <laughs> let's, let's I know. make that clear. Uh, so, uh, you know, saying to them this year, we're going to try to give more experiences. Um, mm -hmm. Or uh, last year they gave them money, um, for example, or hopefully they'll do it again this year so that they can make their own donation. And my kids are 10 and a half. They can make their own donations to a charity and decide on the charity. So that was a whole big thing for our family. Then we got to discuss the charity, why they were doing it. They wrote letters to the charity, why they were giving back. So I think, you know, having conversations with their family members who might only think the way to gift is through, you know, a physical product. Yes, yes. Um, and so yep. it's, you know, you, everyone's going to know their family best and how to approach it, but we're doing something different this year. I know it sounds crazy, you know, however you want to approach it, but I mm -hmm. think that conversation is needed if you want to curtail the physical gift um, things and, or we're, you know, this year we're donating all the gifts or, mm -hmm. you know, again, I think having that conversation is really specific to that family and that family member, and you're going to know the way to best approach it. But I think it's necessary if you want to start having or getting, uh, receiving less. Um, and sentimental stuff is hard. I yeah. know, I know. And it's a lot when people downsize their, you know, family members are moving into smaller yeah. communities, smaller apartments. Oh, here we're moving. You guys take all of the stuff that we've had, you know, in our basement for the past 30 years <laughs> where the family doesn't have the room, you know, in their basement. And so it's, and that's the hardest process. And I tell people, I know it sounds morbid, but the more you can go through your family's home and with the stuff now, while your parents yeah. might be still healthy or are thinking about it, the less emotional it's going to be when someone passes away. That's, that's the worst time. But I know that's the time that most people, excuse me, have to go through things um, for yeah. their family members. And it's, it's, it's horrible. Um, but yeah you know, having to think about it and not to say, oh, Aunt Jenny gets this vase and this person gets this rug, but thinking about the photographs that are there. Um, can they put them on CDs now? Can that be a project that you're gifting to family members and thinking about, you know, where that stuff is actually going to go that is truly sentimental um, and worth sentimental value, not necessarily monetarily value, but sentimental value to that new family member um, and thinking about that. Oh, we're going through this in our family <clears throat> because we just moved my grandmother from her home, our family home of 90 years. Wow. Nine zero. Wow. 
to an apartment and my aunt, the emotions that it's bringing up, we don't know what we're going to do with the house and the stuff. Like no one yeah. is ready to take any action because right. my grandmother, there's just so many layers and it's mm. so painful and I'm not close enough to really be helpful. Yeah. Um, and I was talking to my aunt this weekend and she was just so angry. And she said like, I'm just really mad at mom for not dealing with this. And mm. then one of the things that I have experienced is like how to hold it, it. It does bring up again, the emotional part. Like it's hard to be mad at your elderly <laughs> grandmother. Right. 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 Who moved. I mean, she's going through her own stuff. That sounds Transition. so selfish. Yes. And I'm, I'm, I am so compassionate. So I'm, it's both. ends. like, I feel sad that my grandmother has to go through this move and she can't be with her stuff. And mm -hmm. So I feel sad and compassionate and loving towards her. And I feel angry that she really was not proactive about this. And in our yeah. case, we actually have a huge family, which is really contributing to the distraction and the clutter because there's so many cooks and nobody knows who's doing what. So nobody does anything right. except for one sort of leader. So again, I just want to emphasize why I feel like I wanted to have you on and have this conversation is that it is about our deep soul self-care. It is about mm -hmm. relationships and Ayurveda. Everything is linking. What are you linking with? And so mm -hmm. that tends to mean food and drink, but it also yeah. means our stuff. It also yeah. means I know when my home, when I've been moving things out and I've got space, when I do have to go to my grandma's and I, and I want not have to, but when I go to help because I mm -hmm. want to, and I love yeah. her, yeah. Um, that it, it be, I feel tight. I get angry really fast. Um, I feel like there's no space to breathe and I yes. feel that contrast. And so I always come home from grandma's and sort of clean out uh, more, yeah. I take things away right. and create art, you know? Um, and the other thing I wanted to say, there's this beautiful idea. It's not open yet, but it's going to be an Etsy shop. My friend is starting it and she wants to take all of the air, the family heirlooms, like the things mm -hmm. that people don't want to get rid of and create art pieces from it. Oh, that's great. I can't wait for you to see them. She lives here in DC and they are so, she's such that visual artist where she can just take, she made um, like this textured art piece out of a robe that her oh. grandmother had. So oh. how do we make meaning? Yes. And this is what Courtney Carver talked about too, is like, how do we make meaning from the things that actually mean something versus letting go? And the other tip around presence, do you remember what she said? You can like- Honor, like, okay, so mother-in-law, you have the conversation with mother-in-law. Please yes. don't buy gifts. Right. And, and then you get a huge, five. and she buys right. this huge, and she said, you know what, you guys, you can say thank you so much and then literally pack them up and give them away. Like you right. can under, I mean, right. she like gave the whole room permission. It was something I'd never heard. Is like, oh. that if that's how she loves, right. let her love, right? Let her right? do it, right. Let, let her, her love do you, it. don't shame her, don't, that's how she, she shows love. That's her thing. You are not going to change people, but yep. literally you can move all of that. How many people, this is, I mean, I'm raising my hands up high, yeah. have got stuff and then just opened it because we got it. It never occurred to me that I could actually yes. just get rid yes. of it right away. Oh no, we have a- <laughs> I bet you teach that all the time. <laughs> we have a re-gifting bin, number one, and we have a donation thing always going. It, yeah. it, it's yeah. always, yeah. you have to, it's, it's yeah. a constant thing. And I do think that's a great point. You're not going to change people, you yeah. know, your grandmother, this, yeah. the right. carvers, whatever. So yeah. let them be in, in yep. a certain way. And how do we still accept what they're giving and love it and all that, but not have it impact our lives so that it's bringing us more clutter, um, both physical and emotional. I mean, a lot of people will say, oh, well, I have to keep it because my mother gave it to me, my mother-in-law. Right. 
No, you don't. You know, right. and I right. never have there been a time where someone said right. to me, Oh, but she asked about that plate. Right. I don't know what right. happened to the plate, you know, right. Right. because holding on to other people's clutter is not going to bring you any joy whatsoever in your life. I, I, I right. haven't heard it once. Maybe someone can prove me wrong. Please do. But, um, but I think that's it too, is like donations, especially in, uh, I'll speak for, for like my Jewish ancestry is like the donations and the giving has been a big part of our family forever, right? It's like mm -hmm. part of our lineage, but it never occurred to me that new things in packages that still yes. have like bags that that could be. So that so really expanded my yes. awareness of like that whole guilt thing. What do you see the difference between what you teach and, and minimalism or minimalist is? So How do you define it or talk I, about it? I like to say that I'm more realistic um, than mere minimalistic because okay. um, I think minimalistic is a very good concept and it's hard to obtain for most people that I come into practice with on a daily mm -hmm. basis. Mm -hmm. I think what I practice and teach is more realistic with, I have children, I have a job, I have no time for myself and I purchase things. You yeah. know, Courtney Carver is amazing. I, you know, I'm like, oh my God, I wish I could be her one day in terms of she limits her wardrobe. I think it was to 12 or 15 pieces a season 15, yeah, and reuses yeah. them. Okay. That's, that's something that maybe I, I don't know if I idealize that cause I like to change things up a lot, but, um, I, that's more minimalistic in her practices. Mm -hmm. And so I think with, children and with people that are working and busy and have just a busy life, I think I'm more realistic with what's coming in, what's coming out and how organization actually can be a part of your life, but you don't have to have 12 pieces of clothing per season. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So just a little bit more conscious in different aspects, you know, of your life maybe not as extreme, and not right? As extreme. Like there's not as, not extreme. as extreme. There's more right. in the middle, more moderation. Yeah. And I think people are shamed. Uh, yeah. When, yeah. Yeah. Uh, shame is a big emotion. Every time I'm in someone's house, Oh my gosh, I feel so bad. Don't tell anyone that you see this, you know, Oh, have you seen worse? Have, your house must be perfect. Absolutely not throwing that out there. Um, because I live in it. <laughs> and, but you know, they have price tags on things or there's so much expired food or what nice. you name it. People feel this huge shame. And I tell them, I'm not there to judge you. And I've seen this a hundred times. You're not alone, myself included. I'm there to help you. Mm -hmm. And it's help you with whatever area you are needing help in, uh, whether it be the physical stuff, just holding you to an appointment of actually doing it. Cause it's overwhelming. If you haven't done it and it hasn't been a practice in your life mm -hmm. years, I mean, your grandmother, 90 years, like, that's a long time, mm -hmm. you know, to accumulate, to be living in a certain way. Yeah. And things so. have changed so much in terms oh, of value. Like she thinks everything yes. is worth something. Yes. <laughs> and yes. my aunt's like, no, it's not. No one wants your furniture. No one wants your jewelry. No one wants your clothes. No one wants right. your shit. Like that's so just, hard. So but hard she doesn't understand that. You no, know? no. And that's the generational thing. That's what I was saying. <laughs> it's so hard. And especially yeah. when you're lucky she's alive and you know, all that. Totally. I just think when it's, I've seen so many um, instances when it's not that case and it, it just makes it so much harder. Yeah. Um, so. Um, okay. To wrap up, here's what I want to ask you. What do you hear yourself saying over and over? <laughs> what do you want um, everyone to hear so that you don't have yes. to say it ever again? No, just kidding. Okay. No. <laughs> yeah. um, I like to remind people that there's only seven days in a week. Um, <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but I feel like I say it a lot. Uh, so <laughs> what do you mean things, by that? Because of their uh, not being the amount of clothing um, that they have <laughs> or for their children too. Um, and children grow 
you know, quickly. Um, so there's only seven days in a week. Remember that I, I, that organization is a way of life. It's not just a one-time event. Mm-hmm. Um, no one's perfect and you should not be striving for perfection. I think you should be striving for a way of life that you feel comfortable within so that you can do things and buy things or whatever it is that you want to buy and spend time on. Um, what else? It should be fun. You know, it's not, it's not the results. Everyone says, Oh, I love your uh, Instagram stuff. Or, you know, the results come from, we don't go in to say it's going to look beautiful and perfect, but the results that happen from organization a lot are those things because you finally find order to the stuff. Um, so I tell people it's not going to be Pinterest or Instagram worthy all the time. And that's okay. Um, Mm -hmm. and don't come to me if you want a Martha Stewart type looking house all the time. Cause that's a lot of upkeep and it is not worth the time and energy in my book. That's not what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can teach you to do that, but I don't think it's worth anyone's time in life to be constantly doing that. Yeah. And I think just the whole idea of perfect, like, I just don't even, I just really lately asked, like, well, I don't even know what that means. What is that? Is? I don't is know that? anybody who I can define know. it. I know people are holding themselves to it. I just did a whole podcast episode about perfectionism because it's so um, suffocating for women I work with and I don't understand it. I mean, I do understand it, but I don't get like once we start to pick it at what that even would really mean. And because we're living and breathing and being, and that's our like amazing part of being alive, there's always going to be things that are changing. So I don't know. I think that, I think that word is starting to come down a little bit. I hope so. Because at least we're asking these questions and and people at the top of the field, these experts are saying, what does that mean? And they're really asking people. So I think that's the first time, this is really the first kind of few past few years where people are really digging into that and asking that and having more of a unique sense. I hope so. Yeah. And I always like to say, it should not be complicated. This yeah, is not right. like simplify. a system right. that, yes, right. it's simplified. Simplify right. all right. around. Right. I mean, the, the, that doesn't mean that you'd have two possessions to your name, but just right, right, right. simple routine, yeah. simple yeah. ways to handle yeah. things. It doesn't have to be color coded, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. It's what works for you and your family to yeah. have happier, you know, and you need to have a sense of what that is. I mean, you need yes, to ask those yes. deeper questions, a self-awareness piece, the self-trust piece, like this is how it's all related. And one of the things that I just, how I see the world because of Ayurveda is that it's all through, like everything links, everything. You're yeah. talking about holistic, like organizing, but how it affects all of the areas. And that's what we see in medicine. That's what we see in relationships. That's what we see in career. That's what we see in health is like, because we are all linked with our lives in so many ways, food, drink, all of this, like it is worth digging a little bit. It is worth understanding who you are and what you stand for so that you can create the home systems and the food systems and the movement systems and really simplify it so you can enjoy your life and have more fun and feel good. That's what it's for. I hate, I would hate. And that's what I see. It just, it pains me like stuff dragging people down, whatever area, you know, Um, but Mm -hmm. you know, we talked a lot about clothes, but in food, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm sure people with the new year, Mm -hmm. I'm going to want to start a diet. Okay. Well, the best way to organize your pantry and your fridge, there are ways to do it so that you have access to the fresher stuff, the stuff Mm -hmm. that you're supposed supposed to be eating, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, all these things are interrelated. And I think organization can impact your life on so many levels. I want to go to a yoga class. I want to start working out. Okay. Well, where is your yoga mat? You right. know, if you can't find it, you're going to be frustrated. You go buy another one. No, it should be in a certain place where my right. key, you know, all these right. things are related. I, I think it's so true. 
we have a practice in Ayurveda too about sacred, like it, 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 it's called kitchen table wisdom, like kitchen yeah. wisdom, right? And because so much of healing comes through the herbs and comes through what you get in the kitchen and because so many women spent so much time in the kitchen and we spend mm-hmm. so much time in the kitchen creating and loving for our families and nourishing them, that mm-hmm. there is a sacred practice of cleaning out pantries, of cleaning out um, fridges, like all of the things, again, traditionally they didn't have pantries and all this. It was all right. fresh food and you know, that's how it was taught. But there is, um, my teachers have always taught like, this is like, make sure that you teach your students and the people that you work with, how to really nurture their own kitchen, because that's, mm-hmm. that will infuse the yes. food. And, um, it is a good time of year to sort of talk about that, you know? Yeah. Um, okay, Rach, where can people find you? Okay, We're all can... over the place, which <laughs> I right. love. Yeah. I, I, so tell I'm me where you are. Um, okay. So I'm at Rachel Rosenthal, R-A-C-H-E-L-R-O-S-E-N-T-H-A-L.co. Mm-hmm. That's my mm-hmm. website. Um, also on Instagram where I mostly post pictures and tips and all that and behind the scenes. So come follow me there at Rachel Organizes. Um, and then the same handle for sometimes on Facebook, we have a blog that goes out weekly and a newsletter list. So make sure to sign up for that on our website as well. Um, and also finally, we have a class and I can send oh, yeah, you that information um, on Teachable and it is a class to get your entire home organized. It is fun. It has videos, worksheets. It's simple and easy, um, but they are practical tips that I put into place for families, um, you know, to get organized and to feel better and live better. So Yay! I'll send you that I love it. I'm going to put your, my website. Yeah. I'll put your website into the show notes so people can okay. have it also. Um, are you taking private clients right now? Uh, we are. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. we are. I know. So I know you go through seasons where you are and seasons yes. where you're not, and then uh, you can send people to the online class and that kind of yes. thing. So there's yeah. lots of ways. And even just following you, you can learn lots of tips. Yeah. Again, so my blog and newsletter and all that. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah, the online thing is you can do it at any point, anytime. So I'll give you that information for the show notes. Um, and okay. then obviously if you're in the DC metro area and if you're not, we also travel. So we are taking clients actually starting okay. in 2019, I should say that. So, okay we are booked to be then. Um, okay. So to end, I just want to say that I really appreciate you and what you do in the world, because I think the integration of the emotions and the psychology with the clutter, with the whole vision and mission of helping people feel good and feel lighter and really helping them. I just, I love that combination and I'm super happy that you're in my life and that you share so much and I really appreciate you. So thank you so much for being here. The feeling is beyond mutual. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for having me and I appreciate you. Yay. Happy New Year. Hello, dear listeners. It's Pleasance. I created with my darling Rita Stevens, uh, who is our community leader in Thrive and in Lola, we created the seasonal soulful self-care guide for you. So what it is, is essentially some questions 
and some key areas for you to think about and consider and write down and map out for your own life each season. So go ahead and jump on the website, littleom.com, L-I-L-O-M-M.com, and pick up your copy of your seasonal soulful self-care guide uh, and enjoy. I can't wait to hear what practices and what rhythms and routines you set in your own life this season.